Welcome to After the Checkered, your weekly Formula One podcast. This is Coy, joined tonight by... The other co-host, Josh. Coy, good to see you. How good you doing? Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, doing good. We're, we're back again. This is three weeks in a row now. It is. Yeah, hopefully we're going to be, you know, be a lot more weeks in a row. We're going to keep going in the future. I think we'll keep the trend going. What's on tap tonight? What beer you got? I am drinking Bourbon County Stout uh, coffee stout that they put out this year. It is phenomenal. For those of you that can't, well, obviously you can't see it, but that's Goose Island Bourbon County Stout. Yes, Goose Island's Bourbon County Stout that they put out every year. They put out a, they put out a, their stout every year and a bunch of variants. This year, one of the variants is a coffee stout. I love good coffee stouts, and this is among the best that I've had. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Four Hands No Bake. It's an oatmeal brown ale with vanilla, although I can't taste any of the vanilla. I let you have a little sample of it. What'd you think? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, it just tastes like a really good brown ale. I love brown ales. It's got like I noticed like maybe a little hint of vanilla at the end, but you know, for the most part, just a brown ale. Yeah, not gonna lie, Four Hands is one of my favorite breweries. This beer's good, but it didn't blow me away like most of their beers do. I, I wasn't like, oh, I gotta get another four pack of this. It just it it's good, but it's not amazing. Yeah, they put out that they they have a really good brown ale that they put out too, and it I mean it, it tasted like a little bit I don't know if the word's heavier, but a little bit just a little bit more dense version of that with you know I mean yeah like I I, I took a couple of sips of it. the second sip I got a little bit of vanilla but not a lot yeah it's good though yeah I cool. mean you know both good beers and then I right. also grabbed because you know Yingling is now for sale in St. Louis. I did grab a ying, ying, a case of Yingling and my second beer tonight is probably going to be a Yingling flight. Mine will be a Yingling as well. You know, what, celebrating. What a coincidence. Yep. It's almost like we had those together on Monday after our hockey game. We sure did. <laughs> well, before we get into the F1 chat, I did just want to talk about or give a big shout out congratulations to St. Louis City SC winning their inaugural home opener oh yeah i had the pleasure of going to the game it was an incredible experience i'm, I'm so jealous man yeah that looked like it was just an unbelievable experience i think it's fantastic for the city heard a couple of the players say that you know they ran into fans after the game and it, the the atmosphere was was borderline european which i think is one of the biggest compliments you can give to that atmosphere really and yeah, I, I can't wait to go to a game myself. I went to the game against uh, Bayer Leverkusen, but I'm I'm very excited to get to some this this year. It it was just an electric experience. The stadium's gorgeous. I don't think anybody in the lower bowl sat down the entire game. I've really never been a part of that. You know, even when the Blues were in their their cup run, mm-hmm. you know, people you'd see people sitting down here there. This was everybody was on their feet, and it wasn't just the supporters section chanting. It was everybody. And it was it was loud. It was really loud. That's yeah. That's so great. I actually heard a couple of stories of people who were on their feet and were asked to sit down by people behind them. And the usher said, "You know, no dice. They're yeah, allowed I, to stand." Which I think is you know usually I can remember at Rams games, at other games, Blues games, Cardinal games. You know, if you're standing up, somebody wants you to sit down because they want to enjoy and they want they don't want to be part of the standing crowd. But soccer is one of those sports. You you know everybody stands. It's great. And I'm sure there was a couple cases of, of some negativity that happened, but overall, I did not see anything negative come out of, you know, with it, people being belligerent or rude or fights or anything like that that you normally see at these sorts of events. There's usually a couple that give it a bad name. I didn't see any of that. Again, could have been out there, or maybe I'm just not seeing it on any social medias, but I also wanted to give a shout out to the Charlotte fans that showed up. They're extremely nice. They marched right through the pregame with their flags and their drums and very friendly I mean, it was fun. That's what I like about MLS. I think MLS is like sort of a, you know, it's not like the sort of crazy 
um, you know, firm sort of, you know, fighting aspect you see sometimes the hooliganism is the word I was looking for that you see uh, in, in you know in in England or maybe in France or anywhere it seems very friendly um you know I know a couple people who are involved with Louisville City and their sort of supporters groups and, and it just seems extremely friendly and that's just USL and in the MLS level I heard it's exactly the same okay well this is a Formula One podcast yes we can skip over the, the soccer chat or any other sport chat right now, and we can dive into why we're here, which is Formula One racing. And we had the Bahrain GP this past weekend, first GP of the year. Great, great race, I think. Maybe it's just because I was excited to be back. I take that back. There was a The leader was a little boring, but I think I was just my, my excitement got there. But before we jump into that, let's go back to qualifying and practice. But even before that, we didn't talk about this last week. We got to talk about Duracell's ad placement on the Williams car. I know it's incredible. It's fantastic. It, it, I, I saw it during practice, and I was just like, "How did we not bring this up last week?" It's amazing. I know it, it just so had the air box above the driver's head, and it's an air intake for the engine to help cool off the engine, and it just so happens on the Williams car to be perfectly cylindrically shaped like a battery. Duracell's a sponsor for them, so Duracell just painted the whole thing to look like a, a copper top Duracell battery. It's perfect. Loved it. Loved Absolutely it. loved it. All right, now we can get into the actual practice right. and racing. Got to talk a little liveries, you know, a little always. costume talk. Liveries always fun. Right. Uh, if you guys didn't see some of the, the jabs that Coy took at the McLaren tattooed hipster, he's keeping that trend going. Yeah, not only, they got approved, by the way, I mentioned this on the Instagram, they got approved to run electronic ads this year. Oh, that's what I was referring so to. So not only will it be a tattooed hipster, it will be a modern tattooed hipster, and those tattoos will change. Hey, you got to do anything to, to generate that money. Yeah, well, it sure ain't winning. Okay, well, through practice, the season vet, Fernando Alonso, fastest car. And I think that carried through. He had a good race. He had a good weekend. Um, that's really all I had that I wanted to note on practice. Anything you wanted to talk about on practice? Yeah, uh, FP1, FP2, you know, during during um, testing, Alonso and the Aston Martin seemed to be showing a little bit more speed than maybe a lot of people thought. And... You know, we were kind of wondered, is it real? You know, what's going on with the cars? Is the car turn? you know, is Red Bull turning it down? Aston Martin's running hero laps with low fuel loads, and the engine mode turned all the way up. I mean, it, yeah, it carried, it carried right through to practice in FP1, FP2, FP3, and into qualifying. So, yeah, it's certainly real. The hype with, the hype with, I mean, as we'll get into the race, the hype with Alonzo and, I, I wonder what Stroll will do, but the hype with Alonzo and that Aston Martin will is certainly real. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll shift over to the actual qualifying. And right away, debris flying off Charles Leclerc's car. Session gets red yeah, flag. Very yeah. weird. It's not weird to have debris fly off a car. It was what flew off. and It's just not a part of the car that normally just comes loose and flies off. Very odd. Right. It seemed to be almost like a mistake with maybe a mechanic made the mistake in fastening. It was a piece. It was an aero piece, a piece of carbon fiber that sits just inside the the front tires. And it sort of, and I, I could be messing this up because it's a bottom piece, but it sort of directs air from the wing into the brake ducts. And it's, there's two pieces, it's two halves. One half kind of goes up and over the tire and has a white line on it. It's very noticeable if you look at the front of the car. This piece is the piece on the bottom. And it, it, that, it, it was just odd that that piece broke off. But I noticed um, on, the, you know, on the commentary, they mentioned that maybe it was, 
you know, maybe mechanic just didn't tighten things down right. I don't know, but it was something that was very easily fixed. I mean, they brought him in and and put another one on, and it was fine. Yeah, pretty replaceable part. Um, Got to imagine they just slapped some duct tape on there and kicked him back out there. Oh, but yeah. nothing just seems, nothing just seems to go smooth for Ferrari. It, it's always. They got a fast car, but all these hiccups, and it's it's just like, can you not just have a smooth weekend, start to finish? And we'll continue that on when we get to the race, but through qualifying right away, it looked like Ferrari and Mercedes had really strong cars. Uh, through the first session of qualifying, it, it was looking like maybe Mercedes sandbagged a little bit, but as qualifying went on, it turned out that that probably wasn't the case too much, as uh, Ferrari kept looking strong, Red Bull looked really strong. You know who didn't look strong? McLaren. McLaren. I was going to bring them up. Yeah, they had, I think, Piastri didn't get out of Q3, or didn't get out of Q1, Q1. and Norris struggled in Q2. Well, Norris barely made it to Q2. He was right. the last driver right. in, and he, I think he only came above that benchmark by fractions of a second. Right. Well, it, it was, wasn't yeah, much. It was, was, it was a couple lucky. tenths. It was not, yeah, it was not, uh, it was not great, and, and it was something I, I'm just really surprised what's happened with them. You know, last year, they were battling with Aston Martin all along. You know, that was kind of who they looked at as their competition, and I mean, as we'll see, it looks like Aston Martin is miles ahead. Yeah, that through the first race and the first race weekend, I would agree that Aston Martin is definitely ahead. Yeah, definitely in qualifying. I mean, you know, the Aston Martin, I will say the one thing I noticed is they were, that car is fast on the straights and great in the slower medium speed corners, which is indicative of a very good car. And, you know, it, I just kind of wonder how far they can take this. But they were the, they were right there with Ferrari and Red Bull and Mercedes, you know, battling in Q3. Yeah, well, to kind of cap off the McLaren chat, that Q2 right away, it looked like that Lando just, he didn't have it. You kind of knew he wasn't going to go on through unless right. they pulled out a miracle. Um, one person that did impress me getting into Q3, uh, Incredible Hulk, Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah. He representing the, the Haas team and made it into Q3. Uh, unfortunately, he qualified towards the back of it, but that's a pretty big improvement for Haas to first race of the year make it into uh, a driver into q3 absolutely yeah can't beat that if you're if you're Haas that's that's a very positive sign for the season um and and for Nico Hulkenberg I mean you out qualify his teammate put your car in q3 you know get up there and get be able to battle against the big boys and then of course qualifying ended we kind of talked about the Red Bulls one two Charles Charles Leclerc in three and then Sainz was in four and then I really didn't capture after that. Didn't didn't matter to me. Yeah, I mean Verstappen put down a lap of one twenty nine seven, which was faster than last year's pole pace of one thirty one thirty five five eight. And I mean that's a super fast lap. That was that was a great lap from from Verstappen. Anything else on qualifying? No, not really. You know, I mean, like I said, you, you mentioned the Haas. That was you know that was the the sort of welcome surprise and Aston Martin's pace. You know that can't beat that. That should bode well for the season. So we'll we'll push it on over to first race of the year on Sunday. I don't even know where to start. I guess we can just start it with the blatant obvious. Uh, Max Verstappen had a great start and never looked back. That was basically what my notes said about about the the pole setter. He dominated the race. I mean, he did. He won, he won by over ten seconds. Yeah, I mean, it was what. over. He was. I think. Yeah, I I can't remember the what was the gap. I remember the gap from Perez to Alonso. It was a yeah twelve just under twelve seconds eleven point nine eight seven two from Verstappen to Perez, but the gap from Perez to Alonso, thirty eight seconds, unbelievable. 
or excuse me, that's the gap from Alonzo too. Um, uh, yeah, but so, I'm sorry about that. It's a gap from Alonzo to Verstappen, but so uh, you're looking at almost 26 seconds from Perez to Alonzo. I mean, that's that's just insane. Yeah, those Red Bull car- cars were dominant. Um, Sergio Perez did not get a good start though. His start was actually horrible. No, Leclerc made it. Jumped yeah. all over it, took it right away. Yeah, but that Red Bull car just proved to be tough. Right. I mean, the the Ferrari hung with them. Uh, it did, yeah. You know, there were some interesting moments at the beginning. We had Alonzo and Stroll make contact. Alonzo didn't see who it was, which led to some stuff uh, later on in the race. But yeah, it's, um, I, you know, the other guy who made a great start, Botas made a great start, jumping I think from twelfth to eighth. Uh, right off the bat, but yeah, I mean, Verstappen drove away. Um, Alonso, right off the bat, starts, you know, he didn't have the best start as, as, as in the first few uh, corners, but he did make a couple great moves, put a couple great mo- put a great move on Russell there uh, right around the first round of pit stops. Yeah, I want to go back to the Lance Stroll thing. <laughs> um, it, it can't be a Formula One season if it doesn't have Lance Stroll running into his teammate. I know. And I got to give him a little bit of credit because he was racing with basically two sprained wrists. Is that what I saw? Or what broken. Are, broken. The guy broke his wrist. Did you see like that photo of him in the hospital? Ago. Yeah. I mean, he looked people, terrible. He did. And people are talking about he might have pins in his wrist and might be breaking with, or, or, you know, rolling, driving with pins in his wrist. It's not like getting out and driving your, you know, driving your grocery getter, folks. I mean, this is like, this is. This is legitimate work. If you ever want to watch something, go watch some of these F1 drivers on there when they work out in the off season. They have this this machine that is that, that is steering a car. It's just like a steering wheel, but imagine a steering wheel with you know 100 pounds of weight on each side that you have to turn and you have to turn and fight G's and and, and these guys are doing it, you know, so many times per lap. Well, you just think about the stress that driving a race car like that puts on your body. So if you have broken bones, it just emphasizes that stress. And I'm sure he Absolutely. felt that pain the whole time. But I'm not – this isn't out of the ordinary for him. So let's not say that, that was that's what caused him to. Maybe it caused him this time, but he's had a history of hitting his teammates. Regardless, it was <laughs> yeah, a strong weekend for a guy that was driving with two broken sure. wrists, essentially. Um, I want to move forward to lap 26. Uh, we talked about Perez got a bad start. Our, our boy Chuck was in second. Perez made an incredible pass on him around the lap twenty six. Yeah, mark. he did. I mean, and that showed the that showed the the strength of that Red Bull car. The one thing that I kind of noticed um, is I almost and you know it's it's first race and it's easy to overreact first race what you see. I mean, obviously last year we saw the Red Bulls break down first race. Ferrari finishes one two, and we all kind of thought, oh, you know, hey, Ferrari's got something. Red Bull might have some issues, you know, whatever, but. It seemed to me like that Red Bull car is able to almost make up for the difference between soft and medium or soft and, and medium tires. That it that it is so good at saving tires, at being able to attack when it needs to. That I, I really wonder, and we will never know, you know, where how how high they were running that car and how close to the edge and. But we know that Perez is obviously a very good driver, and he was able to. He was able, to, yeah. I mean, he put a great move on on Charles and, and got right by him. Well, and that wasn't the end of the bad news for the Ferrari car. Uh, around lap forty-one, Charles has a power unit failure, and the car just completely stops, and his race is over. 
Yeah. Again, that was... nothing can just go smooth for Ferrari. No. The car looked good. It looked like it, it's going to be some easy points for them. Yeah. You know, science was up there battling. It's like, okay, get your get the manufacturer's championship off to a good start. And then the worst happens for them. The third yeah. car just gives out. And it happened right. You know, it happened at a time when it looked like Charles was going to be able to. He was he was under attack from Alonso at a, at, for a period of time. And it looked like he was going to be able to hold him off. You know, Alonso had gotten up close to him. We know that the one of the issues that we had talked about and, and had been mentioned a lot from testing was that Ferrari might be uh, ha- might have a car that has very high tire degradation. Tire deg is what it'll, what I refer to it usually, but but it'll chew up tires, so it'll lose those tires and lose the grip that the tires will give it. And as such, it'll fall off later in runs. And it looked like that might that was a problem for their car last year. It looked like that might still be a problem. As we saw with Signs, Signs had a little bit, you know, Alonso had a little bit younger tires, but but he was able to get by. But Charles was able to hold off Alonso long enough that it seemed like he was going to be able to finish or take that podium spot. But then the end, yeah, I mean, he came out of, you know, came onto one of the backstretches there and just had no power in the engine, which is unfortunately we saw several times last year. Exactly, and right before that too, I want to talk about the battle between Hamilton and Alonso. That was oh, going was on for several beautiful. laps. It was great. And then, you know, ultimately Alonzo passes Hamilton on some good moves. They trade some passes, and then Alonzo kind of pulls away a little bit. And then with the Ferrari car um, going out, it, it opened the way for Alonzo. It seemed like all things were pointed towards him grabbing some points. And I don't know if we want to get into that yet, but, I mean, hands down, Fernando Alonzo was my driver of the day. Oh, absolutely. That was the first time since... I can't even remember that I actually went on and voted for driver of the day. I didn't want it to be a Red Bull driver. It's If you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a big Checo fan, but I would have been so pissed if it would have been Max or Checo. It, it, hands down, Fernando. And I was shocked at how close it was. It, but one of the shocking drivers that had a lot of votes was Pierre Gasly. Yeah. And, and before we get to him, though. So I just want to say, funny enough, I was that was the first time in a long time I voted for driver of the day. Exact same guy voted for Fernando because I mean when you put that pass he made on Hamilton in turn ten and I only know this because I've played the Formula One video game for long enough and I played it with and I'm I mean I'm not even talking like I played in a sim racing sort of setup on a with a wheel I'm just playing it with a controller and I got assist turned up and I'm playing like a child and nine and ten at Bahrain is tricky it is so it is a very difficult combination because you're break you're you're actually turning in turn nine and then breaking hard for turn ten and the fact that he got him right where he got him it was a beautiful move and the thing is I've always felt bad for Alonzo I always felt like Alonzo was one of the better drivers on the grid he just didn't get lucky he drug of two very bad uh, Ferraris in 2010 and 2012 to fight with Vettel for championships when Vettel was at Red Bull. And then he kind of went back to McLaren and it was like McLaren's rebuilding process. He goes back to Ferrari and Ferrari's no good. And then he goes back to McLaren, McLaren's, and then he, you know, and then he was at Alpine and, and now he's at Aston Martin. It seems like they've, you know, finally, uh, have put, have put enough into it. Lawrence Stroll's finally put enough into it to where, you know, who knows? Maybe they have maybe they have something. I think that I think you're right. I think you're onto something there. Him and Nico Hulkenberg traded off the fastest laps earlier in the race, and then ultimately, you know, we were going to talk about Pierre Gasly. He grabbed the fastest lap of the day, or no? He was 
he headed towards the end, and then there was a surprising yeah. driver at the yeah. end that, that took it. Was it was very surprising. But a thought just popped into my head. We do know somebody with a racing simulator, and that's our former co-host, Matt. We should see if we can hit him up and get in the racing sim, pick a, a Formula One track. We'll do it with no other cars and just see how bad our times are compared to... Oh, I would love it. And it no was, assists on. No assists. Full, 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 uh, yeah, full manual right on. I mean, I got to tell you, I've watched, like, I've been, I've been fantasizing about a full racing sim setup for a long time. And I've been doing research on, like, $300 steering wheels with Ferrari <laughs> that, that show you, like, the pop-up menu for the F1 games. Because the F1 game is super fun. It, it's, it's great because it's really easy to tune to make it close and make it fun. But... But, oh, man, yeah, you're right. I would love that. That would be fantastic. Matt, if you're listening, and you should be, let us know. Let's make it happen. I think it would be hilarious. We can put the videos on social, and everybody can just rip us apart. Oh, yeah. I'll get a good laugh at myself. And then see what it's like after a couple beers. Oh, man, that's just asking for a disaster. Just take a lap around Silverstone or Canada, which is like, Canada's like almost all flat out. What if we get better? I mean, I would, honestly, I would kind of expect that we would like common nerves yeah well like all yeah i mean canada's canada's like a good track to do that because it's all flat out well mostly flat out. i mean there's like some slow corners but there's a lot of high speed corners that aren't super difficult i would bet that that would yeah i I, it would calm the nerves and you know i mean but we'd lose some focus and you know drift it way wide in one corner we actually honestly we probably have really hard time staying on the track what would be my oh 100 percent and for anybody that maybe skipped ahead and then they picked that up, we are not condoning drinking and driving. Mm-mm. We're still talking about a racing sim here, so this is all absolutely all uh, all virtual. Um, do we want to get into trash driver of the week? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this is I, I have uh, Esteban Ocon in the no good, very bad, horrible, bad day. He was that should be a book you should write. It, it, well, yeah, I mean, he had. So what, he starts what not to do on an F1 yeah, He starts off, he pulled too far forward in his in his uh, grid position at the start. So he started off illegally. He didn't he drifted, basically he got into his grid spot and then kind of crept forward just a little bit, just too much. Just just a couple inches, which throws everything off with their timing and scoring. So he's he so he gets a penalty there. He goes in to serve his penalty. And he speeds. <laughs> and I actually, I want to make sure I get this right, actually, because I, because so he had the had the right the the grid position. I, I'm sorry about that. I'm, I, I I mixed it up. So he got he 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 has the penalty right off. He goes in after and he 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 damaged one of the end plates on his front wing. This is what happened with it. And so he has to serve a five second penalty. And which means that during that five second penalty, you can't work on the car. So his team, he pulls into his goods, he pulls into his pit stall and his team starts working on the car too soon. They probably wait. I, I mean, I didn't see a timer. I would say maybe three to a half, four seconds. They don't wait five seconds. So he gets another penalty. So he goes back out on the track. They replace his front wing, goes back out of the track. He has to come in and serve the other penalty. And that's when he gets dinged for speeding, which is hilarious because they have pit road speed limiters, which is literally just a button that you push that puts the car at the speed limit that you should be driving on pit road. Yeah, you push that button, you literally cannot go over that speed. I don't know what he was thinking. It, um, and then, yeah. But to kind of cap off, I have a different uh, 
different person, different different group for trash driver of the week. But to cap everything off, he had a DNF for the race too. So yeah. he didn't even finish. Yeah, he finally just uh, hung it up. And, you know, I mean, I think it was around lap 44 that he hung it up, which, you know, I mean, he should have. At that point, you know, the only don't, thing... Don't waste the resources. Don't risk right. the car. Don't risk the driver. You're not going to recover from that. Just no, call it a day. The only thing I can think at that point is you're doing it to basically treat it as testing. Data. Which, I think your tra- if I'm if I'm correct, your trash drivers basically had another testing session. Yeah, my, my trash driver isn't necessarily one driver, but it is uh, it is McLaren in general. That was a disastrous weekend from start to finish, from practice to qualifying to the race. It was just bad. Uh, Pastry, Mr. Pastry, doesn't even finish the race. Uh, he retires early. Yeah. Norris finishes two laps down and 17th. I mean, it, it, from a, a team that we thought had a chance to be a contender, this was a disaster. Now, the only bright bright side that i could think of is that if you look at how bad red bull started off last year two cars retiring they ended up having a pretty good season so maybe there's a little bit of hope there i don't know i doubt it i don't think they're going to have the success that red bull did last year but i'm hoping that they can turn it around um you know letting lando keep going just gather data gather information and, and test the car push the limits see where they could improve is the only hope that I could think they could have from that race because the rest of it was awful. Yeah, they're certainly going to have sponsorship dollars. I mean, they don't have to worry about that. But Yeah, but they're not getting any camera time because <laughs> unless it's parked in the garage telling them that yeah, that driver well, retired. Well, see, that's the thing. They're getting the camera time, and they, that's strategic, I think, from Zach Brown because now they're you know you get the camera time when you're when you're working on the car and trying to figure out what's going on with it as and that's a lot better than just you know like occasionally cruising around in 14th or 16th you know what i mean but no yeah do you you think mclaren's pr team is like negotiating with those digital ads that they're like all right we're gonna have a view on the front spoiler top bidder who wants it who wants it and they can throw that thing on there right away yeah maybe they're onto something right there i know live bidding on the race bidding for your ad I mean, they got to be at this point. I, I feel bad for Zach Brown because I think Zach Brown's a good. I, I really love, and that's the great thing about the Drive to Survive, is that it's kind of introduced us to, uh, you know, these personalities in Formula One and getting to sort of know Zach Brown through that. At the same time, yeah, I mean, you just feel bad that that car is is struggling like it is. Piastri had issues with his gearbox. They thought it was a steering wheel, maybe electronic issues. They changed out the steering wheel. Not it. Norris was yeah just slow. I mean, I think he got. I don't. Did he get? I know he got lapped. I, I mean, he was. He was two laps down. Yeah, so I was gonna say I feel like he was two laps down. He was yeah finished. De- he was the last car running, and he was two laps down. He was just, he was bad. I mean, they 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 had nothing. I mean, I was kind of watching timing and scoring for a little while. They were way off the pace of everybody. He was the only car that finished that was running that finished two laps down. If that says mm-hmm. anything. Well, I mean, yeah, they turned it into a testing session. And really, that's the best thing that you can hope for with them. Yeah. If you had, I mean, as long you have a good enough driver that you're not going to risk the car, you would think, unless a, something crazy happens. But yeah, just keep treating it as testing and, and, and move on and, and pick yourself up. And hopefully that the next race, you've got a little bit better of a car and you can do a little bit more of an impact. Um, we could go on to the the winners. Obviously, we kind of already alluded to that. Right. Red Bull 1 and 2 Bull with one, Max two. and Sergio. Uh, Fernando Alonso grabbing third, which I think everybody was excited about for him to get on the podium. Uh, I had a couple quick stats that I wanted to talk about. That was the first time since 2013 that Red Bull qualified 1 and 2 and finished 1 and 2. So a little fun fact for you. And in that season, if I'm not mistaken, they dominated. I believe you're right. I think they had like 18 poles. 
Yeah, I, I was looking it up. Like they had a that was one of Vettel's championship years, that was a and they had year. they had the best car by miles that year. And then a couple more uh, fun facts about Red Bull. That was the first time Max has won at Bahrain. It uh, only took him ten tries. Hey, you know what? My big thing is I'm just hoping. Let's you know, fingers crossed that that first race curse holds on. I I, I hope so. Uh, let's move on to what everybody was excited about. Uh, uh, Fernando Alonso. He got his third. Uh, he gets third, and he's on the podium. That was his 99th career podium. That's a big feat. And I have a strong feeling we're going to see that hundredth podium. Not only just this season, but sometime relatively soon. I do. I do too. I mean, I think with it seemed to me that Ferrari was the clear that had the speed. Bahrain is a high de- tire deg tire degradation track. It chews up tires, so that might not be the the the, the in, in other tracks that aren't going to be nearly as high on tire on hard on tires as Bahrain. Might be one where Ferrari shows a little bit better, um, and they would be able to to jump up and get podium, get a podium there, or maybe challenge for a win, maybe get second, maybe get first. But, but I think you just, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think we'll see that next podium within the next. I mean, just he's just Alonso's a fantastic driver. There's a great, if you look for it, there's a great interview, and it's something that always that always. Uh, stuck with me it was during one of uh red bull's dominant seasons and they interviewed christian horner on the grid and it's a season when ferrari wasn't that great and they interview him before the race starts and he's talking about you know the the interviewer says are you worried about jensen button who i think in the time was at a mclaren we're about jensen button you worried about mercedes and christian horner just looks back and he goes no i'm worried about fernando alonso and that was one of the years that I think, I think it was 2010, 2012, when Alonso drug a pretty bad Ferrari car to second in the in the drivers' championship and was able to challenge Red Bull. I mean, you know, I think in 2010 he was only like four points off, or maybe it was 12. But you know, he was able to drag him in, drag a, a bad car into title contention because he's such a good driver, and that that always spoke volumes to me. The other thing that speaks volumes to me, too, is when you see after the race when they're driving the cars up into the first, second, and third, which I do want to talk about, that first place podium for the car was incredible. The lights and the setup that they had for it, loved it. But what I was going to say, though, is that the amount of drivers that you saw coming up and giving him, giving, you know, as the kids say, dapping him up, you know, he he got so much love from everybody. Uh, Other teams, I saw when he was cheering, when he, you know, they drive over to their, or they walk over to their mechanics and their their crew and everybody, and they kind of all hug him. I saw a Red Bull crew there, you know, giving him some love. I saw saw some Ferrari team uh, team members over there. You just saw everybody joining in to congratulate him on that third place finish, which I think that speaks volumes to him as a driver and the respect that he has earned on the grid. Absolutely. He was, yeah, I mean, he was, he, it was so, it, it really was, it was very inspirational and you could tell that everybody loves him and is so happy for him. Cause I mean, this is, he's one of the oldest guys to get a podium and I, I think I can't, they said it during the race and I can't remember, but it's, I mean, the fact that he's been, yeah, he's been there for gosh, this rookie season. You know, I saw him race his rookie season in a minority in 2001. And was that when you were like uh, yeah, I was 40, I was 45, already, I was 50. already well, I'd, I'd retired by then. <laughs> I was already in my 60s. But I but I thought about this the other day. Like, I saw him at the USGP in Indy in 2001 in a minority. 
And I remember thinking like, oh, that kid might be good. But, I, you know, who knows? Like you, at the time, it was just like all about Michael and Ferrari, that team. That I think team it's incredible so that at that in that year you were calling him kid. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, here I was, you know, uh, let's see. So 2001 is right after I'd graduate. I would have been, yeah, I would have been 18. So and I feel yeah. like that if he was talking to me, he'd be calling me kid. He is. Yeah, that's the crazy thing, man. I mean, yeah, here I'm I'm 40 years old and I look at him and I'm like, "Wow, man." And he's I think he's a year younger than me. Well, I think we talked enough about Alonzo. Great weekend for we him. Talk Happy about, to I see talk about, I can keep going. I could talk about Fernando forever, man. Somebody I, I love I somebody out there who's Ferrari. listening to this is hating it. I've saw I, I checked the data. We've actually got quite a few listeners from all over the world, so I'm sure somebody out there has a hatred for him for some reason. You know, I feel like though like his period like I will admit, like, so being a guy who was a super Ferrari fan forever. So Fernando went to Minardi, and then he went to Renault and drove for, um, oh, Flavio Briatore. I can't think of the name. It, it wasn't Benetton, but it was, yeah, it was, it was Renault, the Renault team. And he won two, that was when he won his two drivers' championships. And he won in Schumacher's last year, and it was a super close race, you know, kind of like, that car was better than than Ferrari's those two years, but it was you know sort of a battle back and forth, and I remember I was just like so obnoxious. I was so annoyed with him. And then he comes to Ferrari and everything, you know. And then everything is forgiven. Oh of yeah, let's go. You yeah, know, it's, and it's almost I. It's almost like when um you know for you, that would be almost like how it was for me when the Blues would play. I'm sorry guys, I'm making a hockey reference here. When the Blues would play Steve Ott, hated the guy. Yeah. Annoyed with him, and then he comes to the Blues, and I'm like, I love that guy. Right. Still do. He's a assistant coach for the Blues. You know, yeah. It's Go amazing Blues. what a it's amazing what a what a uniform change can do for a for a guy because that's that really is how it, you know. I, I really do believe that's you know because like I said, I mean, I couldn't stand him. I was like, fucking oh, Alonzo, oh. and then he goes to Ferrari, and it's, you know, and then but I also sort of gave him. A, I was you know I was you know in my twenties and gave him. Gave him a legit chance. I actually sat down and watched the guy, and I was like, "Okay, wow, this guy's phenomenal. He's a great driver." All right, let's let's switch over to that DRS section. I just I just made that up on the fly. We'll see yeah. how it goes, but we'll talk about the fastest lap. I alluded yeah. to it earlier. Nico Hulkenberg grabbed the fastest lap kind of early on, and then Fernando Alonso did, and then Pierre Gasly did. But yeah, that wasn't that, it then. No, it we wasn't. We had a surprise driver yeah. grab the fastest lap at one. When, the, when it was getting close to the end of the race and I saw that purple icon on the Sky Sports feed pop up, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got that can't be right. And I'm sitting there watching, waiting for it to change, and, and it never did. Yeah, I was I, same with me. I was watching, so I watched the race on my TV, and then I have the F1 TV stuff on my iPad, and I'm watching, like, telemetry. I'm like, what? And the so, same thing, I was like, no, that can't be right. And it was Joe Guan Yu. Joe Guan Yu. In an alpha. And the alpha, alpha, Romeo. alpha Romeo finishing 16th. Yeah. Grabbing the fastest lap. I know. Uh, that, that definitely surprised me, but good on them. That's that's great news for Alpha. Um, I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about with that. I wanted to talk about his teammate for a second. Yeah. We can talk about Botas. Botas finishes 8th. Yeah. Okay. He had a great drive. He Botas had a, he had a great had, drive. 8th eighth, eighth place finish. If it wasn't for the Alonzo Love Fest, I, I think Botas is driver of the day. Because he, yeah, what did he start? What did, We said it earlier. He started 12th. Am I right yeah. in that? Yeah. But he finishes 8th. Camera goes to him in the, I'm going to call it the locker room. The bro is having a post-game beer. <laughs> I love it. He He's he's the 
he's the uh, he's the every man's driver. I mean, he's got the mullet, he's got the mustache, he's crushing a cold one after an eighth place finish, just loving life, sitting in his gear, he's kicked back, he's relaxed, he's got a smile on his face. I love it. I love it. There's other drivers out there that, you know, make more money, they had better finishes, and you see him crying after the race about the Red Bull cars being fast, and this guy's just like, hey, let's just let's just live it up. Love it. I love I, it. I, I love that guy. Speaking of like what a driver being at that you really pay attention to when Kimi Raikkonen came to Ferrari I started to see like who Kimi was and like I kind of feel like Valtteri is Valtteri's not as crazy as Kimi like I feel like Kimi is James Hunt kind of reincarnated but Valtteri Valtteri is he's cut from the same sort of mold like the f- and and it, it's it's all it's ever made me do is want to just visit Finland because I feel like those people are so laid back, they're just they just have they enjoy life and that's what I feel like with with Valtteri he just is, I mean you see him on Drive to Survive you watch him yeah exactly I saw him after the race he's having a beer, you know the dude just sweated out three pounds of water and he's like nah give me a cold one, it's the best way to make sure you're not gonna it get is. sore. It is get a little bit of carbs back in you a little bit of calories back in it you yeah. I, I I can. I can speak to it. I maybe have too many after games sometimes, but I can speak to it. Yeah, but we literally play in a beer league recreational league. I mean, it's like in the name of it. Right. That, that We're, we league. do it because we have to. It's just part of the game. Yeah, you can't say no. No, but the other guy I want to talk about, by the way, I'm going to I'm gonna throw my little mention, is Logan Sargent, Captain America. Yes. I wanted, That was my next note I wanted to talk about. Had At one point, he was all the way up to 10th. He had moved up quite a bit. This was like kind of in the middle of pit stops. So, I mean, you know, it, it cycled out. And I think he finished... Finished 12th. Finished 12th, yeah, I was going to say. But, I mean, you know, he started towards the back of the pack. Wasn't great in qualifying. He was... But, yeah, I he had a great day. I Did you see his tweet after the race? I did not. He just mentioned, he's like, 12th place, what a drive, what a day, what a finish, what a team. I mean, the guy's just happy to be here and... I just wish some of the drivers, I know it's competitive, I know you're all hungry for for a win and a championship and points, but at the end of the day, you have a dream job for any gearhead out there. And I just love it, the Logan Sargent, the excitement that he had for finishing 12th in his first race. You know, he loved his team, he thanked his whole crew, he thanked pretty much everybody who got him there. You, you By the way that he was going on about it, you would have thought that he won the race. And I just, I like the energy. And I like the appreciation. I do too. I do too. And that's, you know, you, you you go and sign for Williams, you know you're not going to challenge for wins. You know you're not going to challenge for Q2 most times. You started 16th, which, you know, is on the borderline challenging for Q2. But, yeah, I mean, he put up some – he put up a good lap. He put up a, be- a better lap than, than Piastri put up in qualifying. He put up a better lap than Magnussen. Did, better lap than – Did Pacey Gas- even Gasly had, nah, I mean, he put up one. It was, mm-hmm. it was a 132. Gasly had some issues, I think, in qualifying that kept him out of – but they kept him out of Q2. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Sargent was right there. It's one of those things where I look for Sargent to get sneaky points sometime this year. You know, I'm hoping we see it happen. Here's here's what I think Sargent is doing and what you kind of do, and it's weird saying this about a Williams, but because Williams used to be one of the most dominant teams. But he's basically auditioning to get a big seat. And I think that him having this energy and this commitment, dedication, and showing his skill... You can show skill in Formula One without placing high in the standings. There's things that teams look for. I mean, how you look at George Russell. You can see as much as you feel, feel about him one way or the other. 
when he was racing you before Mercedes, you could see that he had skill. And that's what you do on some of these teams. You're just hoping that the big teams notice, and when a spot opens up, that maybe they come come calling and, and signing to their team. Oh, absolutely. And that's, yeah, and, and maybe not maybe not one of the top-tier teams. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sergeant maybe will, you know, maybe two years down the road or whenever his contract runs out, maybe gets a drive with Alpine, McLaren. You I was know, just going to say it. Although, or, I mean, honestly, maybe at this point, Williams is a step up for McLaren. I don't know. Or maybe it's uh, like an Aston Martin. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, or who knows? You know, who knows what happens? I mean, we know, you know, there may be, uh, there's been a lot of talk of Andretti coming to the sport, and maybe that's something they, I'm sure they would love to have an American driver to drive that car. But, but again, that that's that's way ahead of us. But, yeah, you, you, you kind of move up the ranks. You see what Botas did. Botas has been around in the field for a while. He started off with lower cars, and, that's really how it goes. I mean, rarely does a guy start off. The only two that I can think of right off the top of my head are Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, who started off in top-tier cars, although Max started off in a Toro Rosso. Toro Rosso, yeah, which is now Alpha Which Torre. is, right, which is also, you know, sort of like their feeder season, feeder team for Red Bull. But, but and Lewis Hamilton started off in a McLaren. I mean, he start, and when McLaren was, was dominant, yeah, yeah, and he won a... He won a title in his second season. Yeah, because he lost out in that three-way battle 2007 between Kimi, Alonso, and uh, Lewis, and then Lewis won it the next year. Yeah. So. All right. One thing I do want to bring up, we were both way wrong on our bold predictions, which is why they're bold predictions. They are bold, we yeah. were both way off. Uh, Coy, yours was that Pastry was going to do better than Norris. You know. Now, he didn't do better, but it wasn't like Norris did much better. Uh, no. My my take was that Yuki Sonoda was going to have a top six finish, and where did he finish? 11th, I think. Yeah, he was 11th, and he was 90 seconds off the pace. So maybe not the, the best bold predictions, but... That's okay. No, our bold predictions. I, you know what I will say though, a little humble brag. I did nail the uh, did nail the race prediction. You did. Uh, well, top two. Technically, I did too. I basically changed my mind just so we had a different opinion. Right. But I think most of Formula One had that prediction too. But you heard you heard right. it here first, folks. Right. All right. After the race, we kind of talked about George Russell. I did want to bring this up. He had a real salty take. I don't know if you saw his comments. That um, just a real sore loser. Uh, saying that the Red Bull cars should win all 23 races this year and going on about how dominant that they are and basically just just give them the title, give them all the races this year. And I'm like, man, how quickly do you forget that this was Mercedes three years ago? Well, yeah, when he wasn't there. It doesn't matter. No, no. He was on the grid. He knows about it. He saw it firsthand. I'll say I kind of heard, you know, after the race and then this week, I've heard a lot. You know, I, I follow the sport all week. And between Toto saying kind of the same thing and that, you know, Merced- and that Red Bull's miles ahead of Mercedes and that they got their design wrong. You know, they're having issues with the aero issues sort of with their, you know, no side pod. But see, I can I can tolerate that a little bit more. I mean, sure. Russell right after the race just immediately going crying about that they should win all 23. Like, what a knee-jerk reaction. And Oh, yeah. Like, bro, calm down. Because if you were in that Red Bull car, you'd be drinking the champagne, cheering and celebrating, and you'd be, you'd be having the exact opposite reaction. All right. Right. Right, and, and you know Lewis. Lewis was very much talk. You know, had talked this week too about how oh, you know, the, I, you know, I, they didn't listen. To, he, he mentioned he said they didn't listen to me some of the design stuff, which you know, I mean, you've got you, having a driver provide his input on the uh, on a car is 
is difficult, of course, but you know, it's it, it seems like the Mercedes is going to struggle this year. It seems like they're going to be a mid-pack team. They might be at the top of that Formula One point five. So I we talked about this. Yeah, and I wanted to bring this up. Is Formula One point five this year? And this is way too early to tell. Formula One point five this year might be third and below. I think it's going to be fifth and below. I, I hope so. I hope so. That means we're going to see something exciting. That's what I would hope. There were years on the Mercedes where it was third and below. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And we could we could be at that. I'm just being hopeful that it's going to be fifth and below and that we're going to get some other drivers competing. And I think, you know, the big difference, I think, right now with the Red Bull cars being up top is that we're still seeing other winners mixed in and the Red Bull's just placing very well. When Mercedes went on its run, it seemed like there were seasons when it when it was a long time in between a Mercedes not finishing on first. You know, there had to be disaster right. for them not to finish first. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, they had a season where it was there. And that was – so before 2021, the most exciting season was the year that it was Lewis and, and Nico battling it out. Right. In the same car. I mean, in that year, no other team was even close to them. I think Red Bull might have won a race or – and Ferrari probably got one that year. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, but it was mostly Lewis and Nico. Great. So. Any any other thoughts about the Bahrain G- GP? Um, Not really. You know. I don't know if you want to talk about the standings. Like, we can kind of go oh, over sure. a little yeah, bit of the standings. Oh, sure. Yeah, let's jump into that real quick. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say quickly, the next race is going to be March 19th, and it's the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. So that is not this weekend, but the following weekend. So we're going to do our race predictions next weekend. Yep. So we can jump over to the standings now. Yeah, we've got num- in first place, Max Verstappen, 25 points. Sergio Perez in second, 18 points. Fernando Alonso, 15. Carlos Sainz, 12. Lewis Hamilton, 10. Lance Stroll, 8. George Russell, 6. Valtteri Bottas, 4. Pierre Gasly in two, Alex Albon with one. Formula One awarding the points to the top ten. So I think obviously. that Formula One should take that one point away from Albon for his hairstyle. Yeah. I agree. I, it looks like a wreck. I should give this, it to This isn't yeah. a fashion podcast though. No. Or a style. Well, I mean, podcast. We do we could you know, we do talk a lot about liveries. Well, that's true. That's a different style of fashion though. It is. That okay. it is. Any other news on Formula One? Um, only other thing I remember. I uh, it's it's Formula One adjacent. Kimi Räikkönen will run the NASCAR Cup, whatever it is. What is it now? Monster Cup, Monster Energy no. Cup. What? What is it now? I'm not even gonna tell you. <sighs> I'm, a, I'm gonna let the you Winston send Cup. The, oh my gosh, we're going back in time now. I'm not even gonna tell you. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let this it's sit the audio. he's running the uh, the Cup Series race at. Uh, Coda this year, Circuit of the Americas. That's exciting. I'm excited to see how he does in a NASCAR. He's a good driver. It's always an adjustment going from open wheel to NASCARs. But good luck to him. Right. And, you know, again, continuing with that James Hunt type theme of his career where he just races random series as he gets older. I'm, I mean, I, I'm excited about seeing him in uh, in NASCAR for sure. Yeah, and for the record, it's just the NASCAR Cup Series yeah, right know. now. I know. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was a guy that we used to talk about quite a bit on this podcast was our buddy Romain Grosjean and yeah. the St. Petersburg IndyCar oh, race, and he got done dirty by he, Scott McLaughlin. He sure did, and you know this was one of those weeks. This was the first three race week of the season 
where you had the major series running. And as we used to do this podcast talking about several different series, we would talk about Formula One IndyCar and, and NASCAR. I watched the uh, the, the IndyCar races on a little bit after the, the F1 race ended. Phenomenal race, super exciting. But yeah, I felt, I, I mean, I, Grosjean, Rogro was winning that race. He, he, he had the pole. He, he had the pole, and he was winning the race. Pit stops were basically wrapped up. All he had to do was get by McLaughlin as McLaughlin's coming out of the pits, and McLaughlin ran him right into a tire well, wall. McLaughlin comes out with cold tires, and he makes a move that probably on you know warmed-up tires probably goes well. Probably. Pretty questionable, but it doesn't end in this disastrous, but it puts them both in the, the tire wall. One thing I did like to see, though, is, and I don't want to get too in-depth in this, though, is that they both kind of uh, – apparently they had a good chat afterwards, and Scott McLaughlin was like, you know, my bad. That was on me. And uh, Roman was just like, hey, man, thanks for coming to talk to me, and we'll battle it out next week. You know, So it was good to see them just kind of put it beneath, past them. But, man, that was a uh, Takuma Sato move right there. Hey, again. I see you looking at the picture. You, time, you got it out. Two-time Indy 500 champion Takuma Sato. I felt bad for Grosjean because it was the first time I feel like Grosjean would you – know, he was re- – as far as – I can remember he never won. Yeah, he never won a Formula One race. He hasn't won a race in IndyCar since he's been there. Well, he he only raced limited time last year. We don't need right. to get into that. Right. No, but I, but I just felt bad for I just felt bad for Grosjean because I felt like Grosjean deserved that race. He'll get a win this year. Yeah, he, he absolutely will. He's driving for Andretti, so yeah, he will. It's just a reminder, I was watching an interview with him before the race, and he kind of like lifted his hand to adjust his glasses, and you can still just see the burns. So I, I got to cheer for the guy. I mean, that's a hell of a comeback to, to survive that and not have like the PTSD to be, you know, and I'm sure he does a little bit to be shooken up about getting in a car, but good luck to him. We don't need to stay in the Indy no. car. Uh, last thing I want to talk about. Did you try on that hat that I ordered that F1, the F1 website completely lied to I me totally about? I totally forgot about that. You know what? You sent me the message. The, the question is, will it fit my giant noggin? All right, guys. So while Koi's grabbing that hat, I bought this hat, and it said it was adjustable. It's a it's the Formula One Miami hat, and it's not adjustable. It's, it's a one-size-fits-most, but it's sized at like a... Seven and three eighths. It's Seven a goofy fit. I don't think it's gonna we'll fit Koi. No, that's not gonna fit. If it was, I will say this. So it's not. It's not gonna fit only because it's seven and three eighths. If it was seven and a half, or I usually wear. So I have a giant head. I usually wear seven and a half, seven and five eighths is usually where I'm at. This would, I mean, but it, but it is fit like this is like a new era baseball hat. This is like, that's how this hat fits. So it's well, goofy. It is not I a one-size-fits-most. Like it it's a one-size hat. Yeah. It's, it's not a one-size-fits-most. One so, yeah, they didn't tell you that this was sized? No. Oh, dude, send that back. Well, you I should did. be able to get a refund. Okay, well, I was going to do that, but since that was last year's hat, it was. it's going to cost me more to send it back than, right. than I paid for it. So what I think we're going to do is maybe if we get some more social media followers and we'll put something out on the gram if you get some likes or enter comment tag or something like that we're just going to give it away and we'll I like pick, it we'll pick a random winner um i like it let's let's do it on we'll do it on instagram that's easier to, to you know randomly what? pick a winner let's let's pump this up we'll do it for the miami race we should shoot which is coming up right 
Oh, you're catching me off guard here. With I that. know. I, I and was kept, I'm catching myself. Well, we off don't. Guard. We don't have a plan for when we're going to do it, but just keep an eye out for the socials. It's a. It's a good looking hat. It's never been worn minus the one time I tried it on the one time. Koi and tried the one it on. time I tried to put it on my giant noggin is May fifth, so that's coming up. May that, 5th. That'll be okay. That's so, the Miami race, so we'll we'll pump that on social media. Maybe you know have a pick your pick your driver, pick your winner, whatever, and we'll give it out. We'll give it away. Yeah, we'll do something on Instagram where you have to like like and tag some people. Sure. And then uh, and then pick your driver winner or something, and from those we'll pick. You know, we'll pick. Maybe, hey, maybe we'll have everyone pick a trash driver, and we'll see if we agree with them. And then oh, that's you know what's what? going to be. I like it. I like it. It's the opposite. Don't yeah. pick the winner. Since that hat, pick size the guy that's ending up in the fence. Since that hat sizing is trash, <laughs> it's a good looking hat though. It is very much. It, it, it has a new air, and we'll like I said, we'll take pictures of hey, you it. You know what? Yeah, put up. Well, hey, we'll put up with the beers of the podcast. Yeah, we will put that as a backdrop instead of Takuma. But it, but it's got you know got a little floral pattern on the underbill there. I like that. that I like Miami the colors. Box. Yeah, beat the street on the side. It's a good looking. It's a good looking lid. It's a shame it didn't I like fit. it. It is. It is. If it fit me, man, I'd wear it right now. I was gonna give it to you. Yeah, love it. Anything else you want to talk about? We just cracked open our Yingling. Yep, that's okay. just cracked open the second beer. That it, no, you know, here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this week is that this season is not going to be us talking about, you know, that how how dominant that Red Bull car is. I just sort of my closing thought on that car is that I'm pretty sure they didn't have that car turned up, and it looked to me like they were in tire saving mode, and yet. Max won by 11 seconds over his teammate and 26 seconds over Alonso. And that is scary. Now, as I've said before, Ferrari is apparently bringing a new rear wing and a new front wing, which should help with tire degradation, but we'll see. Well, their new team president also said that they're addressing that power unit failure, and he basically came out on social media and said he's guaranteeing it's not going to happen again. We we'll will see. see. That's not for me to decide right now. I can only hope that he fixes it or the team fixes it, not sure. specifically him. But you know, I just I just want competition. But you know what though? If we just get if we get like Alonzo competing for like the top three in the driver standings, if that if that's the best we get, I'll take it. The good thing is I think there'll be competition down the you know, from that sort of like we've always talked about, Formula One point five. There'll be competition there. Looks like Aston Martin's moved into that. Mercedes backslid into that. We'll see what happens with Ferrari if they're, you know, if they're kind of just on their own, sort of trailing Red Bull, or if they can move up and challenge them, or if they end up challenging Mercedes and whoever else. I think the first races where we're probably, and I could be wrong, that we're going to see some real challenges, I think is going to be when they come to the States. The drivers complained a ton about the, 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 the pavement of Miami, yeah, because the street circuit, yeah, and then when they go to Vegas, that's a mm-hmm. whole other animal on a street circuit. And I think it that is. those are going to be an equalizer. I think the good drivers are still going to overcome it, but I don't think the Red Bull cars are going to be able to pull away that much in those. At least I'm hoping for it. You just never know. I mean, I it, from, I'm hoping Max is going to cry enough about that it's a rough yeah. ride, and the Indy car drivers are like, "Come race at Nashville with yeah. us, and yeah. tell me let's, or Toronto, and yeah. tell me how." Let's bad go it is. to Detroit, bud. Yeah, let's go race on Belle Isle, and you can race on a <laughs> tarmac. You know, yeah, come race in in St. Pete where the cars bouncing all over as we go from 
tarmac of an airport to literal streets that have just been repaved. The downtown safety. Yeah, Pittsburgh. exactly. Let's see that, which I loved last year when they were talking about porpoising. But, you know, I think that there's going to be, if I remember right, Vegas has some pretty long straights. Long straights into some tight turns. Which should be, you know, that actually could be something. So the only thing that is a positive for Ferraris at, at times this this last weekend, Ferrari appeared to be sort, sort of faster in the straights. I don't know that they're going to be, you know, you get to some of these other tracks, especially the older tracks, Silverstone, Spa, Mon, not necessarily Monza, although Monza does have some, some high-speed corners. My guess is Red Bull's going to have an advantage there. But, yeah, when you've got straights into low-speed corners, that could be an advantage for Ferrari. That could be somewhere where Ferrari can get it. I don't know if they can get their engine figured out. The big thing is they're going to get their tire degradation filled out, figured out. We don't know. All right, folks, I think that's a good spot to end on. Uh, good episode, Koi. Yeah, Like us, too. follow us, share our social medias, subscribe to the podcast. Koi, go through the spiel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't forget to uh, follow us on uh, podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Smash that furthest right star. Give us a like. Leave us a, leave us a comment or review on, on Instagram or Twitter at ATC Racing Pod. We always put the beers up. You guys will be able to follow us. I've been uh, really trying to put out some content during the race week for you guys. You know, just send us a message, send us a DM. Like we always say, power slide on in there. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. I know we talked about a lot about Alonzo. Maybe you liked it. Maybe you didn't. Let us know. And our buddy Kevin, figure out that burner phone you have on how to like like and subscribe to the podcast. Look, you listen to it. Just figure it out, man. Look, I know Kevin. Kevin is essentially an 80-year-old man in in a, you know, a 30-year-old's body. He's not going to figure it out. We give up on him. It's all the Budweiser. It is. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, he's not going to figure it out. Hopefully he will. Maybe he will. Maybe we can get, here's what we really need to do. That's what we've been missing. We need to talk to his wife. She will figure it out. That's probably a smart move. He will not. Jess, can you like the, uh, like the podcast? Do it for Kevin. Yep. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. See everybody. See you.